Greetings, most excellent Theophilus. Grace and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Chaos, chaos, everything is chaos. I have about an hour and a half before I have to go. And, um, well, I don't have to go, but I'm going to go and play D&D in person. Uh, at the same time, I need to prepare for my D&D game I'm streaming tomorrow. Uh, for Halloween, the scary season. Um, it's going to be a one-shot or two-shot, depending on how long it takes. Um, but I also have to prepare for it, which is going to take time. <laughs> I slept in today. Um, I slept in today, which was my biggest mistake. Um, a little involuntary, though, to be fair. Uh... I didn't choose to sleep for 10 hours. My body chose to not let me wake up. Um, 11 hours? Whatever. <clears throat> um, so anyways, we're going to try to just hammer home a simple thing to use in apologetics. Um, I suppose there's a question to be answered first. Or, I don't know, both. A uh, question to be answered and to be understood. Um, should we be pro-life or pro-choice? Uh, well, I guess we should jump into the topic. A common argument against pro-life, the pro-life position, is that, well, God was pro-choice. Um, the problem with that is actually the exact thing that we are trying to highlight. Um, in the case of the Father sending the Son to die, Jesus was complacent in that. He was aware of what would happen. Uh, he was aware of how he would feel, and he chose to give his life on behalf of humanity. In other words, the Son consented to what happened in the Incarnation in his death on the cross. The unborn cannot do that. Another thing that is often given is the idea that, according to the Bible, life starts at first breath. The problem is, is that the Bible does not actually say that. What is being misinterpreted is actually Genesis 2... Uh, <clears throat> Genesis 2, verse 7. Then Yahweh God formed from the dust of the ground formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living thing this is not the concept of what happens every time a human is created this is the particular act of creation if we want to take such a literalist view that every time first off then every time a man is born um, God breathes into their, God forms them from the dust of the earth, breathes into their nostrils, and they become a living soul. Then that also means at the same time, every time a woman is born, what's actually happening is verses, um, verses 21. So Yahweh God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and he slept. Uh, then he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh at that place. And Yahweh God fashioned into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man, and brought her to the man. 
So then, according to the argument of why, well, according to the the uh, reductio ad absurdum, the um, reduce it to the absurd. Um, if if life begins at first breath, then also women must come from ribs because that's the context of that verse is how God created man and woman. <clears throat> now, every time a woman born, it's not the rib of the father, or actually here it'd be the husband to be being taken out. It's, we of course understand procreation. And that's where the rest of the Bible, the rest of the Bible talks normatively about how humans form. God talks about knitting us together in our mother's womb, just as the body forms intricately, patternedly. Um, and this is actually a, a, a understanding how the body forms is a good counter-argument to, um, according to Islam, um, the bones form, and then the flesh around the bones. Uh, whereas it's actually the other way around. Um, the organic... Um, fleshy tissues form, and then the bone, the cal the bone, the calcium, all that. Um, that's besides the point. <clears throat> so, biblically, life does not begin at first breath. Um, in fact, in, um, in the second or third trimester, uh, when Mary went to, uh, Elizabeth, <clears throat> Elizabeth was six months pregnant with John the Baptist, um, Luke, Luke 1, 41, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. The baby leapt in the womb. Um, you can also go into that whole interesting argument of, well, it's not a baby, it's a fetus. Well, fetus is just Latin for baby. Um, if you look at a chart of the development of a baby, it's it's a continual process. Um, it's not like there's just this mass that grows and grows and grows, and then, boop, it's a baby. Um, it, it develops. Um, and in fact, yeah, it's just, it, it's a good chart to look at. Um, and to, to bring it, I brought it up when having these kinds of debates and discussions, because I don't think people necessarily realize the scope of what they're talking about. Like what it looks like when. I think it's a valid thing to have the pro-choice person distinguish what stage of development, what stage is their cutoff point for abortion being an option. Because there are some people who, while there's some states that were trying to push it up to, I believe, the point of conception, or just past that even, um, which of course by then it's very you know a baby sense um what did i say i said point of birth right i didn't say point of conception because that makes no sense um i don't oh goodness my head's not working right now um of course prematurely born children are a thing um they're still valid, still real. Um, ultimately, what I find, all the language and rhetoric around this discussion 
it it all too much feels like it's it's dehumanization it's not a baby it's a fetus uh, it's okay as long as it's missing these factors to terminate the baby. Uh, it doesn't have breath yet. It doesn't have a heartbeat yet. It can't think for itself yet. Well, if... And the problem with pretty much all of these is you can apply them to another stage of life. A newborn baby is just as dependent on the mother as it was before it was born. Um, actually, even differently so. Now the mother specifically has to take time out of her day to nurture her child, to nurse her child. Now effort has to be put into clothing the child. It, the, the, the standard, the, param the, the, the proposed standard of some of it basically boils down to you can leave it alone and it won't die is not applicable to a newborn. It's simply not. Uh, in fact, so much so that during the Roman times, this is how they carried out a form of abortion. It was called exposure. They would expose the baby, um, and neither the wolves or the weather would get to it. And actually, that brings me to talking about the early Christians. Early Christians were known for being against this practice, for despite being poor, despite being at risk themselves, of being killed for being Christians, they would snatch up these children and protect them, nurture them, <clears throat> give them the life their parents would not. And in the Didache, one of the things prohibited for the Christian, so the Didache, early in early church, uh, believed to be contemporary to the writing of the New Testament, so written at the same time that the disciples lived, it was understood that abortion was not, that's literally the word translated, that abortion is not an option for a Christian. It's maybe not the wording I want to use, that it's, it's unwarrant, the unwarranted termination of the pregnancy is, is not permissible for the Christian. Now there's going to be an important pushback of, is, is there ever an okay time? What about the specific specific scenarios that you're familiar with if you know this discussion at all. Um, the, the first thing that needs to be acknowledged is they um, incest, non-consensual conception accounts for about 1% of the reason that um, abortion occurs. Um, that doesn't mean that those causes are insignificant, but that means that they do not, it's not, I'm not talking about those cases predominantly. I'm talking about the cases where really it's mostly a matter of inconvenience. pretty much just inconvenience. Um, I think the proper reforms in society need to be taken on by the proper people to provide good systems for mothers who cannot support their children. Either they can be supported or their children can find homes that will actually support them.
Um, and the problem is, one of the problems is, it's so, it's just hard to adopt. There are plenty of loving, um, loving couples who want to adopt. Um, but it's a mixture of how expensive it is, how long the waiting lists are, um, just how, how difficult, how, how harsh the culture around that can be. One of my former pastors, um, fostered children, adopted children. Um, he was a, he was an adopted, they were an adopt, they were an adopting couple and they were also at the time that they were our pastor fostering a little guy. Um, and at some point they got accused of, of mistreatment and got investigated, even though they weren't guilty. Um, because, you know, false reporting exists. Uh, people just wanting to mess with people exists. Um, and it's an unfortunate aspect of what goes on in society as a result of sin, of man's natural inclination to cause strife. So the question ultimately as the Christian should not be, how do I feel? It should be, what does God say? Because our, our, our heart is deceitful. Um, and God has a simple principle. It was the third sin of man recorded in the Bible. Uh, murder. Um, God talks about it in the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not murder. Um, with the clause throughout the law showing um, a case of self-defense is not murder. Uh, murder being the unjustified termination of life. Um, not, you know, not in self-defense. Um... Nine months, I, I'm not saying pregnancy isn't harrowing on the mother, but especially with modern medicine, um, the chance of it actually being life-threatening to you is basically not a thing anymore um, because of how medically our society has advanced. Um, there, the, the case where it will be medically dangerous for you, um, is either if you're way too young and your body isn't developed, in which case, um, the one who got you that way, uh, probably did something despicable and should be punished. Um, my question then also is why, this becomes part of the, I'm sorry, I ADHD, my brain is very loosey-goosey with how I think through things. Why is it this thing in society where we punish the innocent result of a particular despicable act and we do not punish the perpetrator the same way? Uh, we, we think the death sentence becomes permissible for the, the, the result, the child, but not for the perpetrator. Um, Okay, what was I saying proper? <laughs> yeah, so it, it can be threatening if the mother is undeveloped, which should, should not be the case that that's happening. 
um, um, and this is um, again a, a part of a part of why do not study Islam if you have a weak stomach um, because um, look up online look up Sahih Bukhari um, Sahih S A H I H uh, space A L Al dash Bukhari B U K H A R I five one five eight and if it says narration of Aisha um, or related to that read it and if that doesn't disgust you or break your heart um there is something there's I just anyways um the other case where a pregnancy can be threatening to the mother even with all our medicine is an eptopic pregnancy where the egg settled in the fallopian passage not in the actual womb um in those cases yes it is actually threatening to the mother um it would be self-defense to get uh, life-saving uh, life-saving surgical procedure uh, beyond that um, especially with modern medicine the mother is going to be okay the child is going to be okay with proper monitoring proper prenatal and all that stuff um, it's not a threat to the mother's life it's going to impact life of the mother if it's coming out of a healthy situation which again is part of the problem a lot of a lot of these are bad bad solutions to bad problems um the mother doesn't have the right support well where's the father oh it, it happened out of it, like it, god intended for the man to leave his father and mother, cling to his wife, and for the two to become one flesh, and for the man to care for the woman as God cares for the church. Um, single parenthood is not a biblical concept outside of God's sovereign choice for one of the one of the parents to die um, at some point during that child's upbringing. Outside of that, God does not, God hates divorce. It's, it's, a, it's a thing from the Bible. The only justified reason for divorce is marital unfaithfulness, which I would say extends to abuse. Uh, beyond that, it's meant to be a loving, caring relationship where children and each other can be nurtured. Um... And a lot of a lot of the the ways our society goes about things are to mitigate the problems that happen when you don't follow the biblical pattern. If you're not dating to marry, if you're just having one night stands or hooking up, then you know you know what I'm getting at. And I do think I do severely think society also needs to be more supportive towards these people, towards people in these situations. 
um, towards people struggling financially just in general. Um, but the fact that we're not there yet does not justify the termination of human life. One of the things that the, the Canaanites did for which they were driven out of the land of Israel, or the land of Canaan, before it was taken over by the Israelites and made into Israel, they sacrificed to a god named Molech. Now, the way you sacrificed to Molech is you'd have this, this statue that was metal, and you'd have cupped hands. You'd, you'd put a fire under the hands and they'd heat them up, and you'd set your baby in those hands. That was an abomination to God. And I'm not qualified to talk about the presence of um, Satanists in the crowd that goes to abortion clinics. But I know that that is a factor. Um, ultimately, if you want to learn more about this whole topic, doing apologetics and witnessing to people in this way... Uh, check out Jeff Durbin on YouTube. He goes to these clinics and he talks a lot. He works with an organization um, to help children find homes. Um, um, he's also a ninja. Um, he knows martial arts. Um, I think Pro Proverbs has a few things to say about how our attitude as the Christian should be towards this. Um... It's part of why I'm passionate about this as a topic. Um, one, because I want to be a father so much. The idea of being willing to just end the life of your prospective child. And the knowledge that, plenty of times, the parents do regret their action. Um, that there are examples of regret and remorse. Um... And just because you might not regret it doesn't mean you should do it. There are people who kill fully grown people and don't regret it. That doesn't mean it's okay. Um, but just, it pains me. Uh, for example, Proverbs 24, uh, 11 through 12. Deliver those who are being taken away to death and those who are staggering to the slaughter. Oh, hold them back. If you say, see, we do not know this, does he not consider it who weighs the heart? And does he not know it who keeps your soul? And will he not render to man according to his word? And Proverbs 31, 8 and 9. Open your mouth for the mute and for the rights of all the unfortunate. Open your mouth and judge righteously and defend the rights of the afflicted and needy. Open your mouth for the mute. As the NIV puts it, be a voice for the voiceless. Who is more voiceless than the unborn? Um, God created humanity to be fruitful and to multiply. And, even knowing that we would be sinful, that we would become sinful creatures, he, told, he expected us to do so responsibly. 
I, I should clarify. There's a misconception. Um, Pro-life is a phrase that exists in context. Um, in, the, in the context of whether... Uh, in the context of pro-life versus pro-choice. Should we, should parents be allowed to decide to terminate their child? Or should they not? I think the terms are imbalanced because they're addressing different aspects and some only in part. Pro-choice is only focused on the choice of the parent and the choice of the child is not taken into account. Um, pro-life, we're pro the life of that child so that they can grow up and they can make their own choices and decisions. Especially as Americans, it's a fundamental principle that all humans have certain unalienable rights. There was a day, there was a time in humanity when we understood Horton hears a who. A person is a person no matter how small. And according to science, life begins at conception, the moment the egg is fertilized. It is a genetically distinct, I mean, it's still a human. One, it's human. Two, it is distinct from the mother and from the father. It's her body, her choice. It's not her body. It's attached to her body. It's not a tumor because it's not a in the same way. It's it's a unique human life forming inside of her. It's not her body. It's attached to her body. Um, I, I wouldn't call the other half of a conjoined twin that. Uh, you know, conjoined twin. You've got two twins that are conjoined. Wouldn't say wouldn't say that's one body. Say that's two bodies joined together. I think I think the biggest solution to these issues is a more responsible society. But in lieu of society being irresponsible, I don't take the the death of the unborn as an acceptable answer. Um, because I believe in an objective morality, where a wrong thing is a wrong thing, irregardless of context. Death of the innocent is always a m evil. It is always a wrongdoing. Now, I wish I had more to say. I wish I had some questions, but I didn't put out a video today. And uh, I have many questions on the Discord. So if you have some questions you'd like to ask to be answered on Most Excellent Theophilus, uh, then you can ask on my Discord or my TikTok, uh, my TikTok.stevenstoll. Uh, yeah. Matthew 5, verses 3 through 12. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, 
for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you on account of Christ. Rejoice and be glad, for great is your reward in heaven, because in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Go in the peace and love of our Lord and Savior.